0: Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Just something I I felt in my heart when we were worshipping before I jump into this. At one stage, um, so so we're singing, you know, promise keeper, um, miracle worker. Do you know that there's only one promise keeper? None of us can do it if we are truly honest about it. Um, if you say, hey, I keep promises, then that shows <laughs> that you don't. Um, and I'm just reminded of the words of Paul. He says, I will rather boast in my weaknesses because then I'm boasting in what is true about me. At one stage he says, I'd rather boast in my weakness lest people find out that what I said about myself and what I am is two different things. So I'd rather boast in my weakness. And I just sense it for you guys. It's such a colorful congregation. Remember this. What brings us together is not our strength. It's the strength of Jesus. Our weakness brings us in. And the sin of the church today and in the past is that it shows to the world a billboard. Come, let us be perfect together. Come into this place. Let's, let's be perfect. Let's have the perfect marriages because that's what we have in church. It's the message people hear out there. And the problem is you get two reactions, and they're both fatal. The one is someone think, I can never join that church. Because if they find out who I am at home, so I'd rather stay away. If they would know that I have at moments... um, conflict with my children or with my husband in this way or that way then I'll be exposed so I'd rather stay away that's what happens if we communicate come and let's be perfect on the other side and this is the real troublemakers is you get people that see this invitation come let's be perfect together and they say yes a group of people as perfect as I am <laughs> and you are in for a bumpy ride. Because the songs are too long, the songs are too short. The sermon is too long, the sermon is too short. The speakers are too loud because, you know, I'm coming here to be perfect. So Paul says, let us rather boast in our weakness. Isn't that awesome? So you can come to church and be yourself. And I can be a pastor, yes. (laughs) I just want to pray. Father, I want to thank you that you are awesome. I want to thank you that you love these people and that you are here moving in our midst. You are the one that brings us together. That's not the pastor. That's not the person preaching. That's not Andrew that leads the worship. It is you that is here. We are only the limbs that you move. Wonderful to be here this morning do an incredible work in this place amen let's read together mark chapter 5 if you want to follow in your bible they came to the other side of the sea the country of the jeresines i I just see how many time how much time i got left we're not going to finish this it's okay when time's up it's up then we just trust god has done what he wanted to do amen And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately they met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. Right. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore. It sounds a bit like Alex, right? Like no one can subdue him. He'll just bench press you and run off. This man was stronger. Sorry, Alex, I'm just, uh, I've got the mic, so I'm just having fun out here. You're not like this man. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he ranged the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Isn't the Bible? It's 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 a horrific story, but isn't the Bible incredible? It's so visual. It's a lot better than what we get out there on Showmax. I and mean, this is a real story. If they put this one on; it'll make some money. Night and day, among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying and cutting himself with stones. It moves my heart to hear this. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God. Do not torment me. For he, Jesus was saying to him, Come out of a man. So what we get here is you have to read it on your own a few times to realise we've got three people talking here, or three voices. We've got Jesus speaking with the man, we've got we have at certain times the man answering Jesus, but we also have demons speaking through the man. Okay? It is a reality. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? Now Jesus is speaking to the demons. And he replied, My name is Legion for for we are many. Okay. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of a country. That's the demon speaking. Now a herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs, let us enter them. And so he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about two thousand, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of meat. If you're farming, you know. You live in the city. Yehan stila beers land, a beer. Ten, twelve thousand rand a piece. Two thousand pigs. It's a lot. It can feed a lot of people. Okay. And they came to Jesus. Oh, and the herdsmen fled and told in the city, in the country, and the people came to see what has happened. They, they are upset. Our livestock, our farming, it's gone. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion sitting there, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs, and they begged Jesus to depart from their region. Okay? Okay? the people that lives there from the town asked Jesus to leave. Why? He's a destroyer of their economy. It's the truth. And he was getting into the boat to leave. The man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him. But said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And this man, he went away from living among the tombs and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. Incredible story. Now, Everyone always asks about the pigs. Okay. Why did Jesus permit them to go into the pigs? What's the story about the pigs? This is not the main idea of a message, but let's just say one or two things on it. Is that okay? Who's, who's wondered about the whole pig story? Okay. We cannot say, I cannot answer everything, everything about the fullness of the scripture, but there's a few things we can say and we can work from what we know. Number one, what is most important? The life of a human or the life of animals? Human life. What is more important? The life or the spiritual awakening of a person or the profit you make at your company? Company owners should think about discipling those who work with them and making profit, knowing this one is more important than that one. Can we settle on that? If the most incredible people in this city give themselves to the preservation of rhinos, if the most influential businessmen give themselves to fight the cause of dogs, pets. There's nothing wrong with it. Let's say the most gifted people all do that. We have it the wrong way around. Humans first. (laughs) Okay. Can we agree on that? Now, another thing I want to say, this man lives among the tombs for a long time. He's got his clothes on at the end. He's naked. He lives among the tombs. Okay, people cast him out, they're trying to bind him, they push him out. He knows there's something wrong with him. He speaks, demon speaks, he speaks. People shout, Freak! And then they walk past, and he starts to believe it. Have you ever been alone for a long time? It's crazy what your head can think, and it's being affirmed by people. Now he's sitting, and Jesus says, Go and talk to your friends. Tomorrow morning, this man wakes up, and he, for a moment, wonders. Did something really happen in my life? Did did something really change between meeting Jesus and today? Should I not go back to the tombs? Why would he know? What is his proof that something happened in his life? Whatever was in him rushed into, not one pig, not two pigs, 2,000 pigs, and what was in him when it went into the pigs caused the pigs to run into the ocean and drown. What was in him went out. I am changed. There is no comparison between the lives of livestock and the spiritual vitality of you sitting here. Know that. And Scripture says it. How much of more worth are you than birds? Don't hear what I'm not saying not saying abuse animals, please. Always saying it's not comparable. It's not comparable. Your worth and the worth of the rest of creation. Are you with me? Let's leave the pigs there. The work of Jesus in my deliverance, I have five things I want to drop here. I come from Sukunda. I work with engineers. They start up plants. They work with oxygen. They like points. So I do points, okay? They love it. When I don't do points, they look at me like this. I'm going to go fast. I'm I'm backtracking a little bit before Jesus went to this man. Just Mark reversing into the previous chapter. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. They were on a boat just before they met that man. What happened on that boat? Massive storm broke up. You know where they went? Into the Gentile area. That was the very first Gentile Jesus reached. Touched him, sent demons into pigs, and he did what? They said, Jesus, will you go back? Jesus got into the boat, went back. What did the man do? He stayed behind and started to prepare the ground for Jesus. He went everywhere, and people marveled. When Jesus came back later, crowds came to him. Okay? And when Jesus had stepped out of a boat, this we read together, immediately they met him a man. So on the boat to the Gentile area, a man meets him. At the end, when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him. How many people did re- Jesus re- reach on that side? One. One. Massive storm on the way. That's the storm. Why oh, are you sleeping? Storm be still. He reaches one man. Number one, don't underestimate God's commitment to get to you. Don't do that. He will cross every ocean. He crossed the divide between heaven and earth. Find you. And the spirit never sleeps. He continues to pursue you and those around you. Remember that. I'm not going to sit on this too long. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying here today? And when Jesus had stepped out of a boat, immediately they met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. We're just touching base again on this scripture. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, he broke the shackles and pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. I'm going for it. Number two, before Jesus, even notorious sinners becomes clay. He ran and he bowed down. The people pushes him away. At one stage, I can think he hides his faith. Sometimes they try and bind him. He loses his clothes. He's naked. He hides away. Jesus comes. He comes out. Falls before him. Don't give up praying for that person. That dad, that brother, that sister, that nephew, that uncle, that aunt, that boss. No, that person is too far away from God, yeah? Until Jesus comes around the corner after you have filled the buckets of prayer and clay happens. Incredible. Incredible. I was a case like this. I ran, I was running away. I ran around a corner, ran into Jesus. Quah. Like, how did I end up here? My girlfriend, now my wife, went out with me. She said, What happened to you? I was just like crying, crying, crying. He knows how to find us. Amen. I've got the sermon on one point five speed. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion, sitting there clothed and in his right mind. Remember, what was in him rushed out. Go read it again tonight. Whatever caused him to be cuckoo, send 2,000 pigs. He was hosting a lot of demons. Okay. Check this out. I want to quickly go to Jesus. Mark, I'm going to go through all the Gospels. Mark, when they crucified him and divided his garments among them, casting lots for them to decide what each should take. Who else had no clothes? And when they had crucified him, next Gospel, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Luke said, Father, forgive them. They do not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. He said, "But yeah, well, maybe they had one piece or two pieces. Check this verse. John unpacks it. When the shoulders, <laughs> shoulders <laughs> and the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each one. Also, his tunic. The tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Naked on a cross." When Jesus walked and that man ran to him, he knew in his spirit, this man knows what's going on in my life. And even though it had not just happened, there was another man that was nakedly crucified on a cross for everyone to see and laugh at, just like they laughed at him. And he connected with him. He says, you understand me. You know what I feel. And so we've got these sins that spiritually makes us feel like that. We feel naked. We try to hide, but we can't. It just pops out everywhere. Now, this. The nakedness, number three, of Jesus on the cross covers your nakedness, your shame. That's why the man fell down. He knew. He understands. So for every shame, you can bring it to him. He knows what it feels like. He knows what it feels like, amen? In fact, he purposely went there to cover you. That's the gospel. I can boast in my weakness because the one that was strong, his strength becomes mine as i stand in him isn't that the gospel let's go on going to leviticus if the whole congregation of israel sins unintentionally and the thing is hidden from the eyes of the assembly and they do any one of the things that by the lord's commandment ought not to be done and they realize their guilt it goes on to explain the priest shall carry the bull outside the camp and burn it up as he burnt the first bull. It is a sin offering for the assembly. So um, just quick, don't, don't, don't tap out, okay, tap in. When there was different types of sin, people had to bring different types of animals it. Let's say you accidentally, I don't know, you, you, you played cricket and you broke your neighbor's door, okay. and you don't have money to repay it, you go to the priest and said, listen, I vandalized my neighbor's house, here's a pigeon, for example. What they said is, if there was a sin committed by the town, and they did not know, let's say they turned their face from God, then they could not offer a sacrifice in the town for the town. Individuals could bring their sacrifices in the town. But if the town sinned they had to take a sacrifice to the outside, can you can you see where I'm going? So that the sins of the town will be forgiven. Here's this man. He's the shame of the shame of the shame of a town. What do they do with him? Hey. You don't live here. Because if I have to explain to my children why you are lying on the street naked, you should be ashamed of yourself. Get out of here. They pushed him out. Almost as a sacrifice. Rather than helping, rather than bringing in, they pushed him out. He lives among the dead alone. Check this out. Hebrews 13, 12. So Jesus also suffered Where? Outside the gates. Incredible. You feel sometimes extremely isolated, pushed out, even though there's people around them, even though the social media profile is busy, you literally feel pushed out. It's time to come back in. Number four, he was. Cut out from community so that I may have community. After the man sit uh, sit with him in his right mind with clothes, what did he do? He sent them back. Go back to your friends. And he re-entered a place where he had relationship. So let it be known, enemy tactic number one is to push you out. Even you may sit here, but he wants to, whatever is making you feel ashamed, naked about your life at this moment, it might be personal, it might be domestic, it might be work, whatever it is, don't let him push you out. You don't have to go. Jesus went out on the hill. He sends you back to where there's love. Come with your shame. There's forgiveness for it. That's real community. In the community that says, hey, we're perfect, remember that. Remember we're perfect. There you have to take your shame away because you don't fit in. Which is a paradox because there's no such community. Amen? But in the community like this congregation and other beautiful churches around this place, you can bring your shame in. Otherwise, we're not a church. Amen? Jesus was cut off from community so that I may have community. Watch out for offense. Watch out for that. But he was pierced for our transgressions. We see that substitute again. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. So the man's cutting himself. He probably thinks, I, I'm not worthy to live, so I'm going to hurt myself and I'm going to feel better. I'm going to do something to my body because I need to pay. Up. Who knows what he did? This man had a lot of demons. We don't get his backstory. He, Listen, he might have been a child rapist. We don't know. He might have been a murderer. We don't know. All we know is he is redeemed when Jesus engages him. Amen? But the enemy teaches us to go the route of self-punishment. I will punish myself. I will be alone. I've committed this sin, so I'm going to take myself out of church for two months. And I'm going to cry and sort it out. And then I'm going to rise like a phoenix. And come back no you're not you're not rising either he's lifting you up or you're staying on the floor it's as simple as that we've tried it many times getting up down again getting up down again okay. remember this The innocent wounds, number five, of Jesus redeems my guilty heart. Guilty heart. It's not about your righteousness. You have none. That's why you may come with shame. That's why you may come with brokenness. It's his perfect life in exchange for your imperfect life. That's the gospel. Last one. I have six points. I'm getting through this. It's incredible. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends. Go home to your community and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim how much Jesus had done for him. I've heard of many places I don't know what happens in those homes. I don't know what's, what gets taught, but where, let's say one person in a family gets involved in this, I don't know, how. let's call it church, and then they are encouraged to be set apart from their family. Remember, they're sinful. You should spend more time with us. Have you, have you picked up on something like that? Someone gets to be a part of a group. I, I hate to say it. Sometimes, it's a Christian group, and they are taught, yeah, Yo, maybe you should not speak to your brother again. Cut him off. Okay? That's not the gospel. Go back to your people. What Jesus is teaching us here is that the husband that meets with Jesus becomes a better husband at home, not set apart. The father that meets Jesus, he engages more with his children and better. He goes back to his people. The friend that meets Jesus, yes, he's different now, but he does not cast the others aside. He goes back. You see, we are called for community. Number six, let us now go to our friends and tell them what Jesus had done for us. We don't get to deliver ourselves. We can't. We try We dig deeper holes. We fight with ourselves and we lose. But isn't he incredible? Amen? So who are we in this story? We're not Jesus. I'll help you with that part. Okay? So we're either the man among the tombs, Or we are the people from the town pushing him out. Some of us sometimes behave like pigs. So, (laughs) but let's leave them out. I'll tell you what hurt. It's true. Hurt people hurt others. We are the man among the tombs and we are the people in the town and we go to and throw. We get pushed out. We get mad. We push back, push you out. You don't talk to me like that. We go on, we get pushed out, and we go until he comes and brings us back. He says, I no longer push you away. I realize now you have hurts, I have hurts. Let's grow together. Let's go. By his wounds, we are healed. Not me. We. Amen? Let's, let's stand up and, and just respond to this as we wrap up today. You worship you, Lord. We do something in, in, in our congregation, a lot, just to keep us spiritually mobile, um, just to land into our hearts what we hear, and um, I just want to give us opportunity. So um, if we think of those areas, can we get that slide maybe up there with um, the six points, if that's okay, Antonio? If sometimes you worry and you, you doubt whether God really loves you, look at number one. Don't underestimate his commitment. Just prayerfully concern that. Open your heart. If you've given up hope on a loved one or a relationship, remember, if we become as clay, maybe you're the first one that should do it, become as clay, then there's hope. Remember, He covers your shame. You don't have to keep on hiding it. You can bring it. It'll be covered. If you feel alone, if you feel isolated, He was so that you can come in if you sit with that sense of guilt constantly, remember when you come to Him, you can let go if you trust on Him and let Him guide you from then. What I want us to do, I want you to think of that and see is there one of those that that jumps out to you? Is, is there one that jumps up? And I, I want to make a call to action and no one's going to pray for you, but I, I, I want to count to three in a, in a in a a second. And if you feel there's something that you're taking from Jesus today, you're walking away from one of these things, I I want you to step out. I want you to say, Lord, my shame, I thank you that you cover it. I'm drawing a line today. I want to thank you that I'm covered by you. And you can go back to your seat. I want to give two minutes for that. Because if he spoke to you, I want you To cement it. When you go back, like the man, I remember 2,000 pigs. I remember I dealt with this. Can you see that? And so, Lord, as we just almost close this meeting, we're just saying, we're not people who want to hear nice messages. No, we want to live the gospel. Jesus, we come to you. And we exchange all these things. We bring our shame. We bring our isolation. We come in. We come to you. You paid for us, Lord. Now I choose to follow you. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.